Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before we get to the podcast, I just wanted to let everyone know about Fight Game Media Network Plus. If you enjoy what you're about to listen to on the Fight Game Media Network, check out our Patreon at patreon.com front slash fight game media we have three specific patreon only shows and we'll soon have monthly bonus content from the show you're listening to right now and it's only five bucks a month so if you want to support your favorite podcasts on the network go to patreon.com front slash fight game media and you'll get more content than you can shake a stick at Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pound for Pound podcast here on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm your co-host, Carlos Toro, and joining me as always every single week is Robert Silva. Robert, we delayed the show for a day, not for the reasons that we're about to get into, but in hindsight, delaying the show for a day, which for now seems to be just for this week. But delaying the show one day was maybe the best possible course of action this show could have ever taken. How are you doing? Man, we've got a lot to talk about, so get right into it. Perhaps the most shocking piece of news, and I swear to God, if you have this on your bingo card... Play the goddamn lottery because there's because this completely took the boxing world by surprise. Hey, Carlos, before well, you continue, it wasn't even on the odds make. Remember, there was odds of who Canelo's next opponent was. This yeah. guy wasn't even listed. All right. So remember a few weeks ago, Robert, when I told you, hey, the WBC convention is right, right, right. This this will be important to follow. Not even I could have ever predicted what just transpired on on November 16th. So um, enough pussyfooting around the issue. Here's the thing. The WBC has approved Canelo's next opponent should he decide to go that way. Ilunga Makabu, the WBC cruiserweight champion, as in... 200 pounds, as in 32 pounds heavier than what Canelo Alvarez just fought for when uh, when he beat Caleb Plant a couple of weeks ago to become the undisputed super middleweight champion. Absolute insanity. The WBC has said, because during the convention, they have a, a live ratings panel where they give an update on the rankings. They give an update on every single champion's title status and their mandatory challengers and who is going to be in line to fight whom and what fights will be ordered. That doesn't mean that all those fights happen, mm-hmm. but it gives you quite a good idea what direction to expect. No one would have ever expected this development to happen the wbc said they have approved canelo alvarez fighting Ilunga makabu for the wbc cruiserweight title possibly in may 
or June. Before we get into even bigger details into all of this, Robert, what were your what was your initial reaction to this? I love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> as a fight fan, but as a fan of Canelo, you, the fans of Canelo have to tread lightly. They have to understand that Canelo's taking a big risk, not only in fighting Makabu, a much bigger man who hits, got power in both hands and has been in some of the greatest fights in the history of the cruiserweight division. But historically, a jump like this has affected the greatest fighters of all time. If you look at when Roy Jones Jr. went up to heavyweight, they went back down to light heavyweight. He was never the same. Okay. Uh, Reese, uh, damn, I'm trying to think. Antonio Tarver. When he bulked up to to, to being Rocky uh, Rocky Balboa, then came back down and got blasted, battered from pillar to post by Bernard Hopkins. Gaining all that weight and then losing it is a detriment most more times than not for a fighter on Canelo's level. That being said, I love this matchup because I've always loved Macabu. His fights, this is going to be a bond burner for how long it lasts, and if Canelo wins, it's not going to be an easy fight. People are, all of, of boxing fans are like, oh, oh, why he picked that guy? Is it anybody at Cruiserweight who's a world-class Cruiserweight and Makabu's a world-class Cruiserweight, it's going to be difficult for a guy as small as Canelo is to beat. Now, gun to my head, I'm picking to Canelo, but it's going to be a tough fight. Canelo, that chin, will be tested. And Makabu, as you know, has a tremendous chin. Oh, Tony Bellu knocked him out. Tony Bellu was a world-class cruiserweight puncher. All right? Let's stop the nonsense. He hit harder than Canelo. I and, love and, it. By the way, I'm sorry I to love it. But Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt, but here's the thing. That's the one thing I keep think I keep right. seeing on, on, on social media. It's Ridiculous. like, oh, this guy got knocked out by Tony Bellu. Like, that was five and a half years ago. And like, Bellu was a world-class cruiserweight. It wasn't like... And, and Bellu could, Bellu could punch, all right? It's one thing Bellu could do at light heavyweight and cruiserweight is punch, right? He even uh, he even went up to heavyweight, had a couple of knockouts. So let's stop. Let's not compare a much smaller Canelo to a heavy-hitting Bellu, all right? Makabu beat Emchuno in one of the greatest fights in the history of the cruiserweight division. Makabu is a gamer. And, man... Don King gets one last shot at promoting a big-time fight. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Can we – maybe this is maybe the most fitting end to the Don King. Yeah, uh, it Don would King be a interview. perfect end. He should retire after this. should just retire. Just, just, <laughs> have, just have Canelo knock out Ilunga Makabu and just that cut away the – only tangible connection right. Don King has to the and world boxing. And then Don King point. could have a final photo op with Canelo while whispering in his ear, uh, any way I could lure you? <laughs> <laughs> bring on Christopher Lovejoy on that undercard. Yeah, bring just, on Lovejoy. Yeah, just just for shits and giggles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, put in Christopher Lovejoy. Put in Trevor Bryant. Just have this be the massive Don King's multiple storyline payoff show. And just be done with it. And then he could go to Florida, uh, relax in his uh, retirement home with the millions of dollars that he's hitting from the IRS all these years. (laughs) 
And that and that's pre- and, and that's putting it lightly. <laughs> wow, I, I love I love it, Carlos. I love it. I don't know what you think, but I love this. I love this. Mm. And Canelo's taking a chance. He's taking a chance in several ways. Going up, fighting a much bigger fighter, and you know, if he fights again after that, he's going back down, losing the weight. It could could affect him, especially oh, thirty one, thirty two. Well, that's that's the thing. So. I have many thoughts on this, and they're all kind of just scrambling around. So, first of all, the just the initial intrigue of Canelo versus Dylan Gamakabu, that just fascinates me on uh, multiple of levels. But it, there's a part of me that also wonders, why is he doing this? Just, it, it, it kind of is a little... Weird. Like, I get Canelo wants to be a five-weight division champion. Is that, is, you know, they've all done it. Sugar Ray Leonard did it. He went and fought the worst light heavyweight champion at Donnie Lalonde in order to get that additional title. A lot of great fighters have done it. Sugar Ray Robinson moved up to light heavyweight to fight Joey Maxim, a fight that he was winning. And then he he collapsed due to 100-degree weather in Yankee Stadium in the Bronx that night and lost the fight. He was winning every round till he collapsed. Uh, they've all done it. They they all do it. Floyd, I'm I'm surprised Floyd never went up to middleweight. Uh, Carlos, when Cotto was the WBC lineal champion, because Floyd would have had a shot to have been uh, uh, had another world title. And I know Cotto and um, who was Cotto's promoter at the time? Um, Rock Nation wanted that fight. But no, Floyd never took it. I was surprised. But all of them, all these, and it would have been a good. And I don't think either guy would have been opposed to that. And they both have a tremendous amount of respect for each other. And the their first, first fight, fight was, was decent. A, was a good was one of Floyd's toughest fights. And remember, Purnell moved up to, to junior middleweight that one time against Julio Cesar. So it happens. It happens. It happens. So I, it, it he continues in history of doing this. The only issue I have is. If he decides to continue to fight, which he will, will he go to light heavyweight or even try to go back down to 168? I don't think he should even think about 168 ever again after this cruiserweight fight. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I'm that I'm also wondering because we have seen time and time again fighters try to go to a weight that's naturally, you know, way above what they're used to fighting, and then the issue is not fighting at that weight. It's the return to what they used to be. Mm-hmm. It, we've seen that time and time again. Maybe perhaps the most famous example of the last couple of decades is, you know, Roy Jones Jr. Yep, that's the biggest example. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and on, a, on a more recent level, it's, you know, Mikey Garcia, who went up to, was, you know, natural lightweight, went up to welterweight. And, not, and he spent not, months not preparing, not for Errol Spence, but for his body uh-huh. just to be a natural welterweight about as natural as one could get but then the drawback was that now he can't go back to lightweight because his body just refuses to hey chris bird chris bird was a heavyweight for over a decade went down to 175 and got massacred (laughs) so i wonder how is canelo going to prepare for this now my gut feeling is canelo is not going to take a fight from uh, before Makabu, if that fight gets made for May, yeah, he, so he'll he have said plenty he was, of time. He said he wasn't going to fight till May, so if this fight comes off, he's got plenty of time to bulk up to one eighty five, one ninety. Yeah, I don't think and, he has to come in more than one. I think one eighty five would be a good fighting weight for him at this fight. If the more yeah. the more weight he puts on, I think the worse it is for him 
both in the fight and for his future fights at 175. And it's not like Canelo has to go very far to spar with heavy guys. I mean, he has in his own gym Frank Sanchez and Andy Andy Ruiz Ruiz Jr. So he has guys that he can spar with that can provide a taste of what fighting a guy in the 200-pound-plus range feels like. So I don't think that they—I am curious. I do wonder. It's— now, I get, why do you uh, think, what kind of style do you think he's going to fight in this fight? Because Makabu's a straight-ahead fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Canelo, his last few fights have been straight-ahead. But we've seen Canelo in the past able to adapt to his opponent and box. Do you think he boxes Makabu? Or do you think he comes at Makabu and takes a chance, which I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't think he takes the chance early on in the fight. I think what we we're going to do is maybe see a more methodical Canelo. The one Alvarez. that the one that fought Triple G the first time where he moved a lot and a lot of head yes. movement. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah, I think we're going to see a little right. bit more of that. Right. And I can see maybe a scenario where the strategy is similar to that of a Callum Smith, it maybe take out certain parts of Ilunga Makabu's body to make him about as ineffective as, as possible and eat and either get a decision or set up a potential knockout punch, kind of like what he did with Sergey Kovalev a couple of years ago. Yeah, but the guys you just mentioned, Kovalev and Smith, they were moving. They weren't coming at uh, Canelo. This guy's going to be coming at Canelo. And we've seen Canelo in the past, first fight versus Triple G, the perfect example, where he could move and box. And I think... That should be a strategy. We'll see. If he comes forward, <laughs> well, Canelo and Reynoso, they'll, they'll, they'll come up with the right strategy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I have no doubt in my mind. They'll have something in store. It's just... This just took, it took us a... Uh, um, it gave us, like... It, I got hit with so much back a whiplash upon hearing this news that it just... It all becomes kind of leaves you a little flabbergasted to try to come up with something rational. And the thing about all of this, is- what I th- and on what before before mm-hmm. you continue, I think that's it for him at one sixty eight. If he takes this fight, those titles have to go up for grabs. I don't, I don't think he's even thinking about going to one sixty eight again after this. Yeah, I, I, he shouldn't at least not immediately after Ilonga Makabu. But yeah, that's the but that's the thing. Mm-hmm. There's so many good fights for him at one sixty eight. That and even 175, that I think I would argue would be just as you know adds just as much to his legacy if he wins those fights than going to yeah, 200 he's, pounds. He's looking, he's looking for that that additional world title. I know what he's doing. That that that. Oh yeah, I know, I know. I think yeah. at the end of the day, having something tangible yeah. to add to that legacy more than just a title defense. I think right. that's something that allures Canelo Alvarez. I think it's partially why he decided to go and you to know what? 168 to fight Rocky Fielding. And and it would be it would be. A fitting end to Don King's career because the first fighter he ever promoted was an all-time great in Ali. And then he could end his career promoting Canelo. I mean, talking about uh, bridging the gap, just coming full circle. Because <laughs> in all intents and purposes, next year is the 50th year of Don King promoting in boxing. Yeah. His first fight was in 1973. 2022 will be the 50th year of Don King promotions. <laughs> now, 
the one thing that actually has not been talked about a whole lot in all of this news, and we actually brushed upon the subject a few weeks ago, was that Ilunga Makabu was supposed to fight Tabiso and Chunu. They were supposed to have a rematch. Now, during the convention, all that we got all that we got from the WBC, at least, and you can find us on Twitter, is that Inchunu's representatives wanted more time for the fight than we're hoping for either middle of, end of January or middle of February. But I don't know how the Canelo news affects this. Maybe hey, Inchunu Suleiman Suleiman is gonna overlook whatever. They're gonna give they're gonna give Inchunu a nice step aside. Piece of a piece of uh, paper, check, money, whatever you could call it. And this, if this fight's going to happen, it's going to it's going to happen. Nothing is going to get in the way of, of it. They might even give him an interim title shot in 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 the future. Oh, he just fights a stiff, and then either fights the winner or fights for the vacant title. Because what I think is going to happen is Canelo's going to win, vacate it like Whitaker did, like Jones did, and go like back. Like what he down. did with Kovalev, and like we did, and yeah, like we did with Kovalev, right? Oh, and what he did with Rocky Fielding, he vacated and went back down. I see. Well, that that's why no, he never, he had never actually vacated the title. Oh, with he Rocky kept Fielding. that. He kept that while he was at one sixty. Yep. Wow. So at one time he held a one sixty, one sixty eight, and one seventy five title. I don't think I that. When he beat Kovalev at 175, wasn't he still middleweight champion? WBC. God, I'm 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 trying to remember. This was my, after. I don't. He, I don't. No, no. I think he gave it up. No, no I think I think yeah, by that yeah, point yeah, he yeah. had given. Because that's after he beat Golovkin. Yeah, right. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, I wonder what network now tries to go for that fight. Look, if, if it's Don King and who the hell represents what network does Don King? He no, listen. Nothing. If it's Don King and who would be Canelo's? Would it just be Don King? No, no, Canelo's. I'm sorry. No, no. It's going to be a paper. It's going to be a pay per view fight. I mean, no, I'm sorry, but no yeah. Turkish broadcaster is going to get a sniff within 10 feet of Canelo Alvarez. Canelo's probably going. I would venture. It's going to be a pay per view fight. So who's going to handle it, though? Boy, I, I don't know if maybe, and I'm just spitballing here. Maybe Eddie Hearn can try to get something going, put that fight on the zone, and maybe put on the undercard. Maybe you put Lawrence Coley. Maybe you plant the seeds for Canelo in, in some fight? heads. Canelo's not beating a Coley. That Canelo would be a fool I don't, to try to. Fight I don't think Coley. so either. Yeah, but yeah. Nah. that'd be that be too that strategy happened. That'll be this. too steep. That'll be too steep a hill. No. But here's no. the thing. But here's if the I thing. was here's... Canelo, fight, beat him. And it's not even. And it's not even just having. Uh, uh, he has planted the seeds for Canelo versus Okoli, which I don't think is going to happen. But right. also, one, you give Okoli the rub by putting him on a Canelo pay-per-view. Right. Two, you potentially set up Okoli to fight uh, whoever would could be the WBC champion after Canelo Good. and set the stage up for that unification fight. Right, right. And listen, and Eddie Hearn just wants to stay within Canelo. I mean, look, Canelo's already, already... Um, got a good taste of what being back on pay-per-view means. And the pay-per-view buy rate, we're going by the reports. 800,000. Very good. They were, they were Trump, the easily the highest of any buy. Don't, don't let the YouTube clowns fool you. This was the highest pay-per-view buy rate of the year. Period. I, did UFC do anything better than 800,000 this year? 
They they they, they did a hunt. I think they did that, that number earlier this year. I don't okay. remember if they did. Okay. Actually, wait. I'm pretty sure um, Conor McGregor. Uh, fight earlier this year okay. did a higher number. Okay, so that's it. That's it. That's it. And, and Conor's the biggest star in UFC other than John Jones. So that's it. So uh, uh, kudos to Canelo. And I just want to know if this fight happens, who's going to host a pay per view? What network? If it's the Zone, all right. I don't care as long as maybe get- maybe Showtime decides to. I mean, look, BBC Tech, BBC has been put, putting a couple of cruiserweights on television over How the last about, couple of months. Is there is there been a recent relationship between Al Heyman, Sam Watson, and 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 Don King? Yeah, not that I can. Not think that of. I can I think, think of, right? And I don't think, and I think you can apply that same question, that same answer to just about everyone. Because the last time I think they worked together was Stavern versus Wilder several years ago. Probably, probably, yeah. And the last time Don uh, Don King worked with uh, Bob Aaron, I believe that was for Jose Ramirez versus um... Maurice Hooker. No, not Maurice Hooker. No, Maurice Hooker was promoted. Oh, no. Uh, what was his name? Um, Amir Iman. Uh, yeah, yeah, because they, they had the uh, interview with both of them. About, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a title fight at yeah. Madison Square Garden. Uh, that, that aired on ESPN, right. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, hey, Combat Sports fans, if you're a Facebook user, check out our Facebook group. There are daily discussions relating to pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing. And to be honest, we can use more MMA and boxing fans. We have two rules and two rules only. No hate speech and no trolling. Thus, as you can imagine, it's one of the better places to talk combat sports on the internet. The link is in the show notes. We have mentioned, you, you have mentioned, you know, maybe there's an interim cruiserweight title fight involved, but we know, not for a fact, but we know that WBC just said, maybe we'll do something for David Benavides in the, in the interim because... WBC said mm-hmm. that David Benavides can fight for an interim WBC super middleweight title. So, um, of all the guys they listed, none of them have a shot at beating him, right? I, David, how's David Lemieux the number two contender, Mister? I I have never beaten anybody worth worth the salt, and I always lose when I step up. How the hell he's number two? Benavides will put him in his final resting place. Well, let's. Go down these. Let's go down these rankings. Uh, is it number David, two, Lemieux? Yes, yes. David Benavides one, Lemieux two, Danny Jacobs three, Billy Joe Saunders four, Anthony Durrell five. Now I'd rather him fight Jacobs or Durrell. I mean, he wins. Whoever he fights, he's going to beat. But yes. Lemieux will be an absolute blowout. Lemieux has no shot in hell at beating Benavides. None. <laughs> Yeah, and I think right now, I think PBC is going to petition very hard to for David Benavides versus Danny Jacobs because that's an easier fight to do, and yes. I think that's a fight yes. that they would much prefer to negotiate. And I than think that's a Lemieux. more that, that that's a more luring fight for the fight fans. You nobody wants to see no damn David Lemieux. Uh, get knocked out again? <laughs> I don't know how many people want to see Danny Jacobs after the stinker against yeah, Gabe Pisano. Yeah, well, it's been a minute, though. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't mention, yeah, it's, I think it's been 10 months since. Yeah, so, that you know, that, that, that's, that, that, and, and Rosado's already taken the stink off, his, off him off that fight, so, yeah. Yes, very much so. Very, very much so. So, as far as the WBC convention is concerned, there's, 
quite a number of things to sort of take into. At heavyweight, we were expecting oh, here's something. A, here's another here's another t- uh, pipe bomb that uh, Carlos is about to give you. <laughs> so, Dillian Way was supposed to fight out of Valine a couple of, a few weeks ago, and if White had won, then we simple we would have had Dillian White and Tyson Fury fighting each other. Oh, well and good, but then. Dillian White suffered an injury, and so that fight got uh, got canceled. Yeah, he suffered an injury, Carlos, but then he shows up at the at the at the arena. Yeah, uh, at, <laughs> come on! If you hurt, if if you're injured, stay away from where you was. That's like calling out sick at work and then coming to hang out in the cafeteria. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, look, it's totally and. And if we're being honest, Dillian White did not need to fight Otto Valine. This was never, this was not something the WBC ordered that right. would be a title eliminated. They never, they, he never really needed to do this fight. But now that the fight got canceled, all White was kind of expecting now With was simply yeah. wait until the WBC makes the order. Now, Here's the thing. During the convention, we were all expecting Fury versus White order. Let's get it done. But then they said on Twitter first, they first said on Twitter, the mandatory cannot be clarified until further notice. And then on a poorly formatted article on the WBC website, what's very poorly he, it says Dillian White is the mandatory, but has taken legal action, and it, and it is in the court of arbitration. That funny, fun, uh, fun here we, here word we go. that start. Here we go again, fans. Here we go again. <laughs> and my goodness, it's God. This is just so dumb. I don't know what exactly is holding up. I don't know what exactly is up, but apparently Dillian White has an issue, and he's had an issue with the WBC for a long time because he's been mandatory heavyweight uh, challenge. Uh, the let me rephrase that: he's been the number one contender to the WBC heavyweight title for many, 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 many months, almost getting three years uh, since he first uh, got. You could you could delete six months because remember he did that's true. he did get knocked out by Povetkin, and he did fail up. Uh, PED. Uh, he did fail. He did fail a so drug test. That not all. Rendered, not, not that entire time was he the mandatory. But I mean, but I mean, like it's been almost three years since the first time. Right. Yes. It, yes. You're right about that. Yeah. But you are right. There were a, there were there were a couple of gaps mm. in that timeline. So now we're now kind of in this weird waiting and seeing game in regards to what uh, the WBC has to say. And can I just say? The WBC, whoever runs that Twitter account, could you please be more clear at with what you're doing? Because might be going a, down it might the, be it might be a language barrier, Carlos. No, this is this, what I'm about to say. It's certainly not a language barrier. So at light heavyweight, they said better be if it's in a period of free negotiations. He's got a title defense but he's in a fighting, few weeks. He's fighting Marcus Brown. Yes, it's a WBC ordered fight. I don't know that. I, 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 that is not a language barrier. That's stupidity. That's not knowing what. That's just what, stupidity. Yeah. Yes. Uh, at junior welterweight, Josh Taylor versus Jose Cepeda, 
uh, it's a fight that got ordered on the WBC side, so he's got it. So he's got what he Jose Cepeda got what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, middleweight final title eliminator between Jaime Munguia and Sergey Davidovianchenko. This was ordered several months ago, and it didn't happen with both how, guys going different directions. So, how many eliminators? Can we make Mogia versus Andrade and let's stop the bullshit, all right? What's, what's going on here? Well, we'll get to Andrade later. We'll get to Andrade later. And junior middleweight, you want to talk about many, many mandatories? You got Erickson Lubin. You got Sebastian Fundora. You got Sergio Garcia. So the latest saga in all of this is, one, Erickson Lubin is not going to get an immediate, immediate title shot ordered. Instead, Fundora and Sergio Garcia are going to fight each other. That was announced already. The winner of that fight will then fight Erickson Lubin for the final, quote-unquote, mandatory Well, that gives Castaño and Charlo a chance to fucking finally sign for this rematch then, right? Yeah, they, you know, depends on what happens on the IBF mandatory side. But okay. okay. I don't know. I don't know what's the hold up. They on should that have part. signed that already. It's been months since they fought. <laughs> and I mean, what's what's the hold up, Carlos? I have no idea. I have no idea. I. Oh, you're, but 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 he, he's he, but he he attends all the fights and uh, gets smacked by uh, by uh, by Jared. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the uh, so here's the uh, situation at welterweight. Errol Spence is the champion. Says Errol Spence is cleared, and we know from what the WBA has said that there were plans to have Errol Spence Jr. fight your Dennis Ugas in February. So it's possible that Errol Spence is making good progress on his recovery. Mm-hmm. As far as his mandatory is concerned, on the WBC side, you got Dulani. Mbenge versus Eduard Skavinsky for the vacant silver title. And the winner of that fight fights Alexander Bisputin for the final mandatory. I tell Errol Spence, I will tell Errol Spence this, throw that WBC title in the trash. Look, him and Ugas need to take both those titles and toss it as far as, as they can, fight each other, and then the winner fights Boots and let's call it a day, all right? Come on. Come on. That I mean, no disrespect to Mbenge or Skip. These guys are not on the level of Uga, Spence, Crawford, Ennis, Virgil Ortiz, etc. Oh, we got Virgil Ortiz news, don't we? Virgil Ortiz. David Av. I can never say his name correct. Avenician. Yes, Avenician versus Ortiz. Wasn't that ordered? I, did it? I don't. Well, oh wait, hold on. Uh, you're. I look, think you're look, right. Look it up. Look it up. And, and I, I'm, I'm looking. We there's predi- a lot of stuff we, that uh, three, four months ago, we said that that would be the perfect fight for Ortiz to show how much he's progressed, and that fight looks like it's happening. Yeah. So there's also, as you mentioned, uh, the Virgil Ortiz fighting. Uh, the plan is January 22nd. On a Golden Boy card. Let me tell you something. If he's impressive against Avenition, he will make me a believer because Avenition is a tremendous fighter. It's not an easy win either way. I, I look at that as a 50-50 fight. Avenition could win that fight. Ortiz could win that fight. Oh, man. I love that. And 
You heard it here first on the Fight Game Pound for Pound podcast because we said this after Ortiz's last fight that this would be the perfect next guy for him to fight. Yeah, it's... I, I thought it made perfect sense, and Avenisian is going has a ton of momentum coming in. It's just I, I was mentioning this, and it's funny they didn't mention Virgil on the um on their on their website that was basically announcing all these different managers. Probably because they knew he had a fight uh, scheduled. It's possible. It's also possible that, yeah. like with the light heavyweight uh, tweet that they put out, that they, just funny. Have, it's funny. they have no I, idea what they're doing. He, it's possible. Isn't he, who's the number one contender in the WBC right now? Is it Ortiz or Boots? WBC, uh, I got the... Uh, yeah, who's the number here. one? Or, Ortiz is number one. Mikey Garcia is two. Avenizio. No, no, no. no. Uh, Mikey, Mikey can't be two anymore. Uh, he can't I'm, yeah, I don't know why these these up. I don't. They, they didn't update. So I'm assuming these are not that, that should be a that should be an eliminator right there. Forget that civil title crap. You got one versus two. Yes. You yeah. got one versus two, and if Errol Spence takes the title and tosses it in the river like you want him to, that's for your that's for your vacant title. I'm assuming that maybe what I what I had said earlier for the silver title, it's possible it may be like a secondary eliminator position. Because for some reason the WBC likes to one, do this with the welterweight title. If they you like got having, one versus two, it only makes sense that the winner gets Errol Spence. Yes. Yeah. It's also entirely possible that they may be lining up two possible mandatories in the event that. That WBC title does get vacated. They did. That's what happened with uh, Keith Thurman. Well, if it gets Keith Thurman had two mandatories in Sean Porter and Danny Garcia. Thurman vacated that title. And they want to fight. Oh, this could be the same thing. You're right. You're right. It's, it's entirely possible that we may be seeing that scenario again. Let's see what else we have. Um, so junior middleweight. One thing that I did not mention, but it's but it, it just came across to me, Jason Rosario is uh, removed at the request of his representatives as he can't make that weight anymore. So Jason Rosario might be moving up to middleweight That's, from the looks of things. You know what? He needs this for his career. Uh, middleweight's a new ground. I would love to see a fight with him, and it will never happen with him and Mugia. Mm-hmm. Talk about fireworks! <laughs> So, at Super Featherweight, we have a proposed tournament, far from it being actually done, but a proposed tournament between Robson Conceição, who all who narrowly lost yeah. to Oscar Valdez earlier this year, right. Oshaki Foster, and Muhammad... Uh, I'm going to try to see if I can get this right. Muhammad Kuja Masio have that combination of fighters fight in a tournament... For the WBC Super Featherweight title. Entirely possible. On Super Band Weight, we have Brandon Figueroa, who is misnamed as Ryan Figueroa. Well, wait a minute. They must have gotten Omar Figueroa and Ryan Garcia mixed up. <laughs> Where do you get the Ryan Garcia from? Yeah, they got oh, Ryan Figueroa. They got Ryan Garcia and Omar Figueroa mixed up. And replace Brandon Figueroa's name with Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. What the hell? 
So the winner of that unification fight uh, will fight Danny Roman, and Danny Roman has been uh, patiently waiting for another shot at more this. than deserves this shot. I agree. Yeah. At featherweight, Gary Russell Jr. versus Mark Masayo is still the fight uh, that is planned, and the winner will fight Ray Vargas. At oh, that's a yeah, that's a great tournament right there. If they can get that's, that, there's a lot of good fights. Yeah. All makeable. All makeable. Uh, oh, these see. are all these are all PBC fighters. It should be makeable. Super flyweight. We still have the tournament that still is not uh, officially done. Right. Juan Francisco Estrada versus Roma Chocolatito. The rubber match. It will be for that dumb, dumb, dumb franchise title. Winner fights Sarisic at Sorum Visai versus Carlos Quadras, which will be for that for the vacant super actual super flyweight title for the WBC. So. That tournament, whenever the hell they gets made, it that's gonna be another phenomenal tournament. Yep, that's a great tournament. Oh, all, all, all four of these guys know each other very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, light flyweight. We had one of the biggest upsets of the year, and we'll get into upsets later on in a bit. But one of the biggest upsets of the year saw Masamichi Yabuki beat Kenshiro Teraji to mm. win the WBC light flyweight title. A rematch was ordered for that title and additionally at minimum weight another big upset Panya Pradapsri beat one hand Menayuten yep. handed the, yep. the GOAT first his loss. first loss the first loss of the GOAT yeah right the yep. GOAT <laughs> a rematch has been ordered these are or both these should both be exciting rematches uh, huge upsets and who's to say it doesn't happen again I mean I I WBC did some good shit this convention, man. I give them props. Yeah, and obviously we know uh, on Friday, we'll get into that in just a second. On Friday, we'll have at Flyweight the Julio Cesar Martinez versus McWilliams Arroyo fight. Please get this fight done and over with. I can't handle another cancellation. I can't Uh handle another one of these. Nope. No. I guess the silver lining would be that McWilliams Arroyo in his last fight in lieu of fighting Martinez, uh, looked sensational against Abraham Rodriguez. He looked incredible. So that so this fight is much, much more interesting. And with all, with all the upsets, this has been the year of the upset. He's a live underdog. He is a live underdog. So let's get into these upsets. The zone had a really, really big plan and big event for this past Saturday. They were in Sheffield, and we were all in on some of these fighters uh, at the top of the card. Kid Galahad, his first title defense since winning the IBF featherweight title, against what we had said on paper, now incorrectly, a overmatched and somewhat undeserving title challenger in Kiko Martinez. And then... We had Terry Harper fight and defend her WBC super featherweight title against Alicia Bumgarner. I will admit it. I was wrong on both fronts, especially the main event when I said Kit Galahad was going to stop Kiko Martinez. And I was wrong when I said Terry Harper was going to beat Alicia Bumgarner. But at least in that one, I thought that was going to be a tough fight for Harper. And I thought it was going to be like a... 6473. I can't remember what I had said, but it was a very close decision. Boy, that we had 
too sensational. Sensational. Stoppages, upsets. So let's start with the co-main event, which was Alicia Bumgarner scoring uh, one of the most devastating, like, vertical stoppages I have seen in quite some time. Bumgarner's right hand was landing all night long and was an all-action fight. And then in the fourth round, just 20 seconds into the round, she lands this insane right hand that, for lack of a better word, paralyzes Terry Harper. She was still standing. She was still standing, but she was stiff as a board, didn't move at all. And kudos to to referee Mark Lyson. He saw that immediately. He stopped the fight. I don't think Harper was in, like, life-threatening... Uh, in a life-threatening situation, but it did look a little scary. And Baumgartner, that right hand just, it completely froze her. Like, not, and I'm not talking about metaphorically. I'm talking in a literal sense. She stopped Terry Harper right on her tracks and is now the new WBC Super Featherweight Champion. And boy, she looked so impressive. I'm talking about Baumgartner. Looked so damn impressive in her win against Terry Harper. My God, it's I, the immediate reaction on social media was put her in the ring against Michaela Meyer. I'm all on board for that. That is a phenomenal title unification at 130 pounds. Alicia Baumgartner is the first female boxer in my well, I can't say 45 years because there was no such thing as female boxing in 1977. Uh, Chrissy Martin really introduced it to the general public in the early 90s. So I'm going to give it 30 years. In the last 30 years, and we've had Layla Ali and uh, Clarissa Shields, uh, 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 Amanda Serrano, a lot of great boxers, uh, Ann Wolf. Alicia Baumgartner is the first female boxer that I'm heavily invested in. I love this girl. All right. No, I love this young woman. All right. She reminds me of Roy Jones with that crab-like style with the left sticking out. She bombarded Harper, beat her for four. This was a one-sided beating. Harper was never in this fight. That right hand, you're right, Carlos, paralyzed her. She was... Out on her feet. If she would have got hit one more time, she would have been. That would have been career threatening. Great job by the referee. He stopped it at the right time because she was the proverbial sitting duck. Alicia Bob Gardner checks all the boxes. She's African American. She's beautiful. She's talented. She's got an incredible smile. She's charismatic. She could be a huge, huge star, even bigger than Clarissa Shields, who I'll admit is the better fighter, but there's something lacking with her charisma. Alicia Baumgartner has all the charisma in the world, the way she talks. She radiates when she's on. She's easy to look at. Kudos to the Harrison brothers, all right, for bringing this girl along, this young lady along, and now she's a star. She's a star. She comes from a state where you've had nothing but boxing stars in its entire in the entire history of boxing. She's right outside. She's from right outside Detroit, a product of the Harrison Boys Gym. Man, I'm I'm man. I love this girl. She's phenomenal. And, yeah, and boy, and 
it, everything just opens up now for uh, Alicia Baumgartner. There's potentially a highly anticipated rematch against Terry Harper that can be made. There's the title, now, a potential title she unification. Should fight, she should fight Meyer and headline a pay-per-view. Let's stop the marinating the shit. Both of them want to fight each other. Let's get it done. Both talked after the fight glowingly about fighting each other. Let's get all the other crap out the way. Let's get this fight done. Forget about a rematch with Harper because she's going to kick her ass again. Put her to the side. It's got to be Maya versus Bob Gardner. This fight, Carlos, could do two to 400,000 pay-per-view buys if promoted correctly. If promoted correctly, and, you know, Myers promoted by Top Rank, and Top Rank, the fact that they put her in a main event spot on the night before Canelo Albert yep. fought on pay-per-view in the same city, and then Meyer comes out with the best fight of the weekend. Yep. In a sensational fight. Let me tell you, Meyer versus Bob Gardner will be everything and more. It will live up to whatever hype, and you know the promos between the two will be great. They and will. we're talking two women that check the board on every day. They, they check all the boxes. Both Myers looked at a sex symbol. She's very talented. She's easy on the eyes. All right, and she talks. She talks a great game. Same thing with Alicia. This fight could draw, and it needs to be made. Let's for, let's forget about any mandatories or, or or rematches. Put these two in the ring now. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree with you on that. Top rank seems to be all. And they're in. both young. They're both young, and they're both marketable. Man, these two should be on Madison Avenue. These two should be fighting next, and it would be, to me, a, a no brainer. It is a no-brainer to me as well. The main event of this card, Kid Galahad looked pretty darn good for about four and a half rounds against Kiko Martinez. It was, it was a pretty entertaining all-action fight. Kiko Martinez was hanging on almost by a thread at, or in the early portions of the fight. He was getting his ass kicked. First four rounds, he lost. And then, out of almost seemingly nowhere, Kiko Martinez lands a... Really good right hand at the very, very end of the fifth round. And that completely turned the fight upside down. We we're thinking, okay. Yeah, because Galahad came out. He was still buzz coming out this corner. He hadn't recovered yet. So, and we all thought, well, even his corner was saying after, after in between rounds five and six, listen, just jab, just jab, just stay out of danger. And then... Literally, the moment the bell sounded, Martinez landed another right hand. Immediately knocks Kid Galahad out. Six seconds into the sixth round. Now, this was similar to Bob Garner's right hand, except Harper was out on her feet. Galahad was out and hit the canvas. <laughs> he was out on his back. <laughs> and so now Kiko Martinez is the new IBF featherweight champion. Turns back the clock, wins a featherweight title by knockout at age 35. Hey, he's 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 going to be my comeback fighter of the year. Uh, he's up there for knockout of the year. There's been so many great knockouts. Upset of the year, I still got to give to Sandra Martin, but definitely comeback fighter of the year. I don't see anybody with a greater comeback than Kiko Martinez this year, even after he got robbed. So that that's even bigger. Look at that. As far as 
Yeah, hell, I mean, when we talk about comeback, we, th we think about, you know, coming back from what happened the year prior. This guy came back from a ro from a robbery, robbery. Yep. nine months ago. Yep. And he's now the new uh, featherweight champion. Looks since I mean, I wouldn't say he looks insane. He did uh, he not caught, go he to first four rounds, but he caught, he caught Galahad, right? And Kiko's never been a big knockout artist. That tells you Galahad has a, has a shaky chin. And that's one of the type of knockouts, uh, Carlos, that mm -hmm. fighters tend to not recover from. Yeah. And, I mean, look, and Kid Galahad set up. I want to not say a long career, but he's had a lot of stuff going on in yep. his career for, exactly. for a long time. I mean, you you go from, you know, the, the loss to Josh Warrington a couple of years ago Which by the decision, the failed uh, drug uh, test. He gave away that fight because he ran too much. He If he would have stood and do more combinations, he would have won that fight. But they, 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 uh, the, they, the judges held his constant movement against him. Uh, and you're right about the failed drug test. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know what's. It was there a rematch clause. Will there be a uh, rematch? I, I, I would assume there has to be. If not, Eddie Hearn's one of the dumbest uh, promoters in the world. Because how the hell do you not put a rematch clause in every single fight you have, uh, especially let, after let the Anthony Joshua and Ruiz? Yes. Let me ask you another question because I'm a fan of his now. Who is Alicia Baumgartner promotionally tied to? I know she deals with the Harrison brothers that train her and guide her career does she ever have any affiliation because i don't ever recall pbc having any women on their on their cards they don't they never have yeah women. but the harrisons you know they they've been pbc forever yeah so that's a good question and i just say i should say um I should, at the very least, rectify. I mean, they've had Amanda Serrano fight on PBC cards in the past, so it's not like they okay, have no okay, women. So right, technically okay. speaking, they have. Okay, but right. yeah, you know, you're right. Um, uh, that's a good question. I'm not entirely uh, sure because I know she wasn't an Eddie Hearn fighter. I, I I think she I think I think she's promoted by Marshall Kaufman of King's Promotions. Okay, okay, thank so, you. Thank so they you. could right. so. And Marshall works with a lot of different promoters, so so he could definitely work with with Bob Arum. He can work, yes, yeah, he can. Okay. I he I don't think that will be an any issue. They they've worked together. Okay. They I think Marshall Coffin has has given top rank plenty of fighters in the past. So there I don't we think go. it's going to so, be an issue. So it's a very makeable fight, and it's the only fight to make right now. Right now, you have two massive women's fights that you could make, and they need to stop the bullshit. Right, Savannah versus Clarissa, Alicia versus Michaela. Let's stop the marinating and all the bullshit. Let's get these two fights done. If you want women's boxing to flourish and to somehow get to that Serena Venus level that was the most popular in the early two early to mid two thousands, mm -hmm. let's get these fights popping. Let's stop with the BS. So. Now moving on to the Showtime card, which was uh, somewhat uneventful, uh, so to speak. It's only a, a two a live two fight card from from Arizona as they replayed the Canelo Alvarez. Jose uh, Benavides, somebody tell him uh, to get a cut of his brother's training. Maybe make him the co-head trainer because his career is over. He looked horrible. He's done. He'll never beat anybody. He got. He got his ass kicked, and they gave him a gift draw. It was such a bad decision, Carlos, that his own hometown crowd booed him out the fucking building. 
<laughs> so David Benavidez, uh, Jose Benavidez, I should say, uh, fought uh, to a, I believe it was a majority yeah, draw against Francisco Emmanuel Torres in a fight that, you know, Benavidez. He did nothing. Did, he did, did not absolutely nothing. He, he, it's funny, he, coming out of the amateur, Benavides was looked on so favorably. and He was you know, looked as the bigger prospect than his brother at one time. In front, fundamentally, Benavides was a fine, fine prospect, but now it seems like he's, he's got, ran away from all the stuff that used to make him so good. Like, this is a completely different and, fighter. And from he's also too heavy. He was best at 135. What's he doing fighting at 147, 150? He's got no shot in the world against... Man, the PBC uh, welterweights and junior middleweights are going to eat him alive. He's going to be a sacrificial lamb. I, I hate to agree with you, but I think based on this fight, yes. He did help nothing! He did nothing and, and got a gift draw because he's a hometown kid, and they booed him. It was, it was sad to watch, but, you know, deservedly so. Those I don't know what the he hell did. those judges were looking at. I had it seven rounds to three. I, I, I don't know what they were looking at. It also doesn't help that Benavides was out of the ring for more than three years, but my yeah. goodness, that is... Boy, that was not that was a terrible, terrible outing. Uh, outing. Uh, main event: David Benavides just completely wrecks Kyron Davis. Uh, stops him even sooner than I had predicted. Man, I he, said like ninth round. He stoppage. looked. He looked incredible. He and you know what? His performance might be the reason why Canelo's moving up to Cruiserweight. Because <laughs> Benavides, man, Benavides. To be honest with you, Benavides versus Canelo is the best fight to make, and that fight's not going to happen, unfortunately. I, I would uh, still argue maybe Dimitri Bivol, but I would not be. But yeah, no, yeah. I'm talking about if you want to stay. Well, I, it's neck and neck. I won't argue okay. with you if you said Bivol. Bivol okay. and Benavides are the best possible opponents for Canelo. I agree with you. I agree. And they have those are the two that have the best shot at beating Canelo. I agree with you because I don't think Charlo's too small. I don't think going up to 168. I don't think he would. It would be competitive, but I don't see him beating Canelo. Uh, Andrade, that fight will never happen. But if it did, I think it's been too long. I don't think Andrade has the firepower to keep Canelo off of him. Uh, he would do well first half of the fight, but Canelo would wear him down like he wore everybody else down. Benavides has punching power. He's quick. And he will take it to Canelo. Boval is a master boxer, technician. Man, uh, I hope we get to see those fights one day. Right now, no. Boy, I've been kind of holding this news for a long, for, for a good while now. But I had, now it's time to get Robert's reaction on this. PBC has announced their January 1st, 2022 pay-per-view. <laughs> Luis Ortiz versus Charles Martin in an IBF heavyweight title eliminator. It's a, it's a $40 pay-per-view. <laughs> oh, hey. I don't know if you're laughing because you're, you're hurting inside, or I don't know if you're laughing at mocking. It could be either both. It's both. Uh, over, <laughs> over, under on the amount of pay-per-view buys. 15,000? 20,000? <laughs> I don't think that, I, I don't think this is going to reach six figures. I don't <laughs> think so. Also, not, not to mention, I mean... You're going against bowl games. It's game. a gimmick. It's a gimmick pay per view. It's going up against bowl games. All it's right. It's going up against. Yeah. It's Comic not only going up against. And, and what, what not, day of the week is it on? Is it on a Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. 
It's going up against the NFL playoffs. Bye bye. No, no, no. Bye, Actually, bye. no, no, no. Remember, this is a week, a seven, an eighteen week NFL season. Also, it's going up against the final week of, weekend of the season. No, there's and no football on Saturday. Did I have I any games on January first? No, they st- uh, games on January second. Okay, um, all right, okay. They have games on Sat on the Saturday before, with, which is Christmas Day. All right, so who is the competition? Uh, the-, the competition they got going on is. Five really, really important bowl games, including the goddamn Rose Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl oh, and the get, Sugar Bowl. They, they, they're not getting 5,000 buys. The fuck am I talking about? And not only that. Because those are BCS games. Ever, Aren't those BCS games? But they don't do the BCS anymore. But I'm pretty sure those two games are going to be part of the college football playoffs. At okay. least the Sugar Bowl, which I think is the one that's going to go head to head with the pay-per-view. Uh, they're, they're asked out. They're asked out. Not not just that they're going up against the WWE pay per view on that day. Uh, they asked they're they're asked out. We're talking five to ten thousand buys. Uh, they couldn't have put this. Um, Fox must be airing a bowl game that night. It, I, no no, it's all uh, ESPN and ABC on that day. Well, so Fox could it, Fox. Uh, well, I don't know. I think it's because they, I think it's more of a we gotta we have pay per view commitments to fill. Let's okay, just all right. throw some the pay per view card. Co-main event is Frank Sanchez versus Carlos Negron, which I'll, I'll say this: I love me some Carlos Negron, and I've not, and I've been transparent in the fact that you know I consider him a friend, and I'm happy that he's getting this type of opportunity. I'm really happy. Boy, he's got oh, no shot. But paper, I, paper. I like the fact that Frank Sanchez is staying busy. I like that. Yeah, I agree. Jonathan Rice, Johnny Rice, go up against Michael Coffey, the rematch from a couple of months ago. Yeah, the, one of the big upsets of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Gerald Washington versus Ali Eden Demirezin, who some of you may remember as the guy who fought uh, on a paper. I think it was a pay-per-view uh, opener uh, a, or may have been an undercard. Uh, I think it was last year or two years ago when he fought F.A. Ajagba a couple of years ago. And what I think was the first one that, to take that, Ajagba the distance. That, that was on the the the, the free... Pope, the free pregame fight card that was on I'm, that yeah I think that was on I think the, that was the main event of the free uh you know the free uh yeah no actually no actually now I remember now I remember this was actually not the main event of that it, that was actually Caleb Plain versus Mike Lee so that was the undercard to that yes okay All right. yes so that's also on the card and Victor Faust versus Iago Kalatze. all heavyweights none I would say is is going to get people to buy a pay-per-view. Nah, nah, not when you have all this other good shit for free on TV. Nah, yeah, not at all. Hell, hell, and if you're going to say, well, I mean, technically, WWE pay-per-view is the pay-per-view. If you got the cock for $5 a month, it's free. Yeah, so, like, hell, you can get eight subscriptions of the cock and, and, and for eight different people. I don't know why you would get eight I don't know why subscriptions because just, you can just, just share. share the pa- just share the password. Why the fuck? Yeah, you? so. <laughs> uh, I would say, yeah, no. Uh, the backlash to this. My God, the backlash to this. Needless to say, this will not do Canelo Caleb Plant numbers. Not even close. Yeah, it's 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 not even going to do impact numbers. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Shout out! 
Oh, shout out, out to Bre- Mike Gilbert, Bre- baby. Shout yeah. out to Mike Gilbert, baby. The biggest impact fan on the planet, but you know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, and I got, I don't, I got, I got love for the talent over there at Impact, but man, hey, I love me some Moose. Moose, why Moose is not on a big company, I do not understand. I love Moose, and Mike knows how much I love the Moose man. <laughs> yes. So, other news, we have a WBA. Lightweight title eliminator ordered between Michelle Rivera and Jorge Linares announced today. That is such an intriguing fight. Uh, Linares is the gatekeeper of the lightweight division. And if Rivera shines against Linares and like he's done in his last few fights, it's a great, great test for Rivera. Yeah, they have until December 17th to reach a deal or else a purse bid uh, will be ordered with a split, a uh, 50-50 split between both fighters. So, winner. And Linares gives everybody hell. He gave Lomachenko hell. He gave Haney hell. Uh, this fight is going to be a nice proven test for uh, Rivera. If he shines in this fight, he's the real deal. But he could easily also get caught by one of Linares' right hands and get put to sleep. So I, I look forward to this. Now that now it's, I'm assuming that the winner of this is would be mandatory to Gervonta Davis's WBA belt, not the one that Teofimo Lopez uh, currently owns. Of course, the WBA does not mention which belt; they just right. say for the lightweight title, which could mean a number of different things. So, who knows? Could be. It's entirely possible if Michelle Rivera wins this one, he could, you know, he could be ordered to face Gervonta uh, Davis next. I, I, you know, that would be an intriguing fight. Yeah, yeah, now, I, and uh, another fight that's uh, easily made. It's yeah, it it is easily, easily made, and it's not made. like Michelle Rivera has been fighting in the shadows. He's been on PBC TV for a number of months. It's easily made. You know, Javante doesn't have to fight anybody outside of PBC and make a ton. No, no. Look, the the system that Floyd Mayweather has put in place in terms of promoting Javante Davis has worked. It's yep. obviously worked. Yep. Maybe maybe hasn't. Uh, given fans, you know, the, the fights against Lomachenko or Lopez or Devin Haney that we all want, but mm-hmm. from a business side and from turning Gervonta Davis into a star, it's obviously worked. They, and they got ready-made opponents. Cruz, then you could have him fight Rivera. Uh, uh, and if that doesn't happen, he's got a lot. Hey, uh, down the line, I want to see Frank Martin versus Tank. That'd be a another great PBC fight. fighter. So he's got great. plenty of guys, like you said, to fight, and he doesn't have to go outside of of the building. <laughs> no, but he, he, he absolutely does not. Now, uh, we have quite a number of different fights to to mention uh, to preview. One of which, uh, unfortunately, we cannot due to the nature of the schedule of the uh, of releasing. Uh, this podcast, uh, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Tim Zhu versus Takeshi Inoue is a fascinating fight to me and a great step up for Tim Zhu, who's looked. Uh, wait a minute, the hell am I talking about? Didn't that fight happen already? <laughs> <laughs> 
Give me the result because I don't know who won. <laughs> okay, okay. Before I okay, I gotta apologize. That fight I, happened I'll, this morning. I okay. See, so the, see, Carlos has been driving back and forth from Cincinnati to Cleveland. So, and me, I've been at the doctor with my mother and doing. This is the third podcast I've done today. <laughs> so we don't know the result. I don't know the result of this fight, and Carlos forgot because Carlos has been very busy the last two days. Go yeah, ahead, so, yeah, which is why uh, this podcast got delayed uh, for a day because, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I had to wake up on Monday at 4 a.m. and been basically working and driving up until 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. yesterday, November 16, and then only had a couple of hours of rest mm-hmm. uh, until I had to wake up at 5 a.m. to drive another two hours. So... And also, Australia time is very weird mm. in, in relations to here. So I thought that it was tomorrow. So Tim Sue dominates Takeshi Inoue, at least on paper. Wins a very, very, very wide unanimous decision. 120-107, 119-108, and 120-107. Kudos to Zoo for going 12 rounds and maintaining. If he won by those scorecards, that means he... He he was even fighting well at the end. Uh, that's a great win for him. Um, and I did not notice Carlos until recently. I've always had a, I've always felt that fighters, second generation fighters, f- that were born from superstars, have no shot at becoming superstars themselves because you know, they 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 had uh, champagne and caviar and silk silk pillows and bed sheets and and all the toys in the world but I did not know that he and his father basically haven't spoken to each other in 10 years and he is trying to prove to the world that he's not his father so he's got a chip on his shoulder he's fighting without the support of his father they they don't speak his father moved back to Russia in 2012 no longer lives in Australia. I just recently found that out, Carlos. So, I look at Zoo differently. He's very hungry, which is lacking from Shane Mosley Jr., Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., those guys that were given the world by their parents because their their fathers were superstar millionaires. No. This guy has a chip on his shoulder, and he will be dangerous for any 154-pounder in the world because he has that... I got to prove to daddy I was right complex. His father didn't want him to box. I didn't notice Carlos till recently. And boy, Tim Su, he's 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 a phenomenal phenomenal fighter in my opinion. He's simply fantastic and the thing about this fight, I mean, now to me, he should be considered the top contender in the 154 pound division. Like to me, he's the top guy. That does not have a belt, in my opinion. And now his, problem, he's got a, his problem is he doesn't have a PBC affiliation. Um, that's the yep, He's got to find a way to work with those guys. I don't know. That, I mean, he's gonna, he's going to get a title shot one way or another because the WBO is basically ordering uh, the winner, the winner, if that fight gets made between Charlo and Castaño, to fight 
uh, Brian, uh, Tim Zhu. If not, if that fight does not get made, then it's Castano versus Tim Zhu ordered by P uh, by the WBO. Either either Castano versus Zhu or Charlo versus Zhu would be a tremendous fight. That'd be tremendous, phenomenal. tremendous, and it would not be easy for either champion. Zhu is young. He's hungry. He's got power in both hands. Uh, by going 12 rounds today, he's uh, stamina tested, battle tested. I'm all in for it. Uh, uh, Tim Zhu. He's the real deal, baby. <laughs> so now the real preview portion of the show is here. We have two. We have a couple of fight cards. One of which is we're vastly more interested in the undercard more so than the main event. On Friday from New Hampshire, we have a the zone card. That featuring, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what entire uh, what all of boxing is uh, feeling right now on Demetrius Andre Fight Week. His, now. Uh, his, uh, his uh, bum of the every six month club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fighting Jason Quigley, defending his WBO middleweight title. I mean, not gonna say there's no shot of Jason hey, Quigley beating. This has been the year of the upset. It has. So it absolutely but has. But Quigley does not deserve a shot at anybody's title. Right? The hell out of here. Yeah, no, no. Uh, vastly more interested in the in some of these. Uh, the only title fight. Quigley should be fighting for is the Massachusetts State title, wherever the hell he's from, right? <laughs> we got Julio Cesar Martinez versus McWilliams Arroyo. Uh, Arroyo, alive, he's a live underdog. It's been the year. That's the best fight, better fight than that damn main event. All these title fights are better than the main event, in my opinion. Moro John Akrigdalia versus Jose Velasquez for the unified WBA and IBF Super Bantamweight titles. Great Velasquez coming in to this fight after um, Akrigdalia's original uh, opponent actually went down with COVID, right. uh, which is Ronnie Rios. Ronnie and Rios. I was looking forward to that fight because Ronnie Rios was also a live dog in this and, fight. And Ronnie gives a thousand percent in every fight he gives. He fights. And we also and the last title bite a title bout on the card, Callie Hayes versus Jessica Camara for the WBA and WBO women's junior welterweight titles. It's a good card. It's a good undercard, I should say. It's a good undercard. Yeah, Main the, event. the undercard yeah, if you guys watch the undercard and then if you fall asleep during the Andrade Quigley fight, I'll be honest, the last two Andrade fights, by the fourth round, I was snoring my ass. <laughs> I'll be working uh, Friday night. So when I get home, uh, it's a good chance that this fight will be over and I don't have to worry about falling asleep and I can watch the replays of the other three fights. <laughs> now the real fights that we're looking forward to on Saturday. Terrence Crawford. Versus Sean Porter for the WBO welterweight title. Crawford finally gets a big test at welterweight. No offense to Kel Brook or Mean Machine or Amir Khan or Jose nah, Benavides nah, or Jeff Horn. Nah, nah, None of them are anywhere close nah. to Sean Porter. Even, even though Kel Brook did beat Porter, but Kel Brook is past his prime. Yeah, yeah he's way past his prime. This fight, I gotta tell you, I love this fight, Sean is a guy who has given every welterweight in the world, even in defeat, a ton of trouble. He gave Sean Porter a lot of trouble. He gave Keith Thurman a lot of trouble. He, he beat gave, Danny Garcia. He gave Kel Brook a lot of trouble. That yeah. wasn't an easy fight. And this is now a situation now where Sean Porter is kind of playing with house money at this point. 
because he's not expected to win, but he's by far the toughest test of Crawford's welterweight career. Yep. Crawford needs to look sensational in this fight. And it's kind of hard to do it against Sean Porter. So I'm fascinated by the styles clash between these two. And Sean Porter is a very intellectual boxer. He knows what to expect uh, out of Crawford. And I think I think we're going to see a, a Sean Porter that's going to have something for just about everything that Crawford can throw at him. I think Sean Porter is going to be very, very honed in on the stance switch that Crawford loves to do, that he switches from orthodox to southpaw and vice versa. He loves doing that. And fighters have a lot of trouble dealing with that. But I think Sean Porter is smart enough to recognize that will be a problem. I think he'll have something for that. As far as actually finding a way to beat Crawford, I think that's a completely different story. If I'm being perfectly honest, I don't see I see Crawford winning this one, but I think it's going to be a close one. I think I can see this being a 7-5-8-4 type of fight, but it will be tough. It will be tough for both of these guys, in my opinion. I see Porter coming fast out the gate, as we've seen in the past. Crawford is a slow fighter, a slow starting fighter. Sometimes he'll give away the first two rounds just to study your opponent. And I see Porter, first two rounds, putting a lot of pressure on Crawford, landing more than most fighters, if not all fighters that have ever fought Porter. Beginning in rounds three and four, I see Crawford basically staying at softball and beginning to counter Porter, timing and countering Porter's rushes. I've said this over and over ago. Sean Porter reminds me of a Leon Spinks before he uh, lost to Muhammad Ali with with the uh, aggressiveness and uh, nonstop, tireless uh, aggression. Uh, and then middle of the fight, I see Crawford just wearing Porter now because Porter cannot outbox Crawford. That's not happening. He's got to out-tough him and out-beat him. And that plays to Crawford's strengths because Crawford is a tremendous counterpuncher and he fights great against aggressive fighters. And I think, and I'm making this prediction, I'm predicting a tough round stoppage for Bud Crawford. I think he will catch uh, Porter. And we all know Crawford's one of the best finishers in the sport. Mm. And he will do what Earl Spence couldn't do is finish Porter off. And I'm a give it a 10th round, either TKO or they throw the towel in. Uh, Kenny Porter throws a towel in to save his son for another day. 10th round technical knockout for Terrence Bud Crawford, ending his relationship with Bob Arum and maybe, maybe finally taking our advice and becoming a free agent and possibly fighting Boots Ennis next. We'll see. Yeah, there's there's a lot of possibilities out there for Terrence Crawford if he wins and becomes a Who's the, agent. Is Sean Porter the number one WBO contender? I believe so. It is the mandatory Who's title two? defense. Who's number two? Uh, it might be Virgil. I'm going to check right now. Yeah. If it it's might Virgil, be Virgil. If it's Virgil Ortiz, it's, it doesn't matter because he's fighting that uh, 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 Avenatium for the WBO. Oh, uh, well, actually, no. Technically, Virgil is number one, Porter number two. And who's number three? Mikey Garcia, but I get these are not updated. Delete so. RT, the delete Garcia. Who's number four? Michael McKinson. What the fuck these guys? All right, keep, <laughs> all, right. all right, go on to Ger- the next. Jerron Ennis. All right, okay. It would it uh, I, I you could eat you could I could see 
uh, Bud versus Ennis next? Because I don't think Bud versus Ortiz is next because Ortiz is tied in with that fight with Avenician. And I don't know if if the winner of that fight gets Crawford. I would love to see Crawford versus Boots. Make that happen because right, they they'll both be free agents after this fight. Boots is not tied in with anybody. And, and Crawford will be legally free after this fight. Yeah, I... I... I, I fully on board with that. Rest of the undercard is Esquiba Falcao, Patrice Volney, Janibek Alim Kanuli versus Hassan Ndam, and Raymond Murataya versus Elias Damian Araujo. That's the pay per view card. On Ladies the- and gentlemen, if you need to get your little Caesars, your Dominoes, your Papa John's, uh, Carmine's restaurant. You you want to go to the nice Italian restaurant? Order out, get your food, come back home. You'll have plenty of time before the main event to get that. Any one of these fights, you want to start at nine o'clock. Get in your car, drive to your night to to a nice restaurant, order out, come back home. Maybe chill in the car for a half hour with your with, with your wife or your girl. Eleven o'clock, come upstairs, uh, set the food on the table, turn the fight on. By 11.30, they'll be walking in the ring. You set. Because uh, uh, this undercard is unadulterated bullshit. Now, now I should I should specify. I think you're referring to the pay-per-view undercard. The TV undercard is pretty darn the good. The TV undercard, but that starts at 7. I'm saying at 9 o'clock. Yes, <laughs> yes. But, we, but I wanted to make that distinction because yeah. the main event of the TV undercard it's a fight that, in my opinion, is far better than any of the yes. pay-per-view undercard fights. Isaac Dogbay versus Christopher Diaz. That's going to be a war. Because neither fighter takes a back step, right? Neither fighter takes a back step. And, this, and it's a fight that is almost a loser-leaves-town type of no, fight. It's, it's not fight. almost. It is. Yeah. This is a career-on-the-line fight. The winner gets a title fight. The loser goes all the way to the back of the line. Right? Not just that, you know, based on how Top Rank's been operating in the last couple of months, loser might just be released from the yeah. Top Rank contract Matter altogether. Fact, you're right. Loser leaves town. This is a loser loses his Top Rank contract fight. <laughs> it's, and I'm not kidding when I say there's been a lot of fighters, if you haven't really noticed, there's been a lot of Top Rank fighters that got released over the last few years. Hey, and the most recent... The last few months, I should say. The the most recent shine with that incredible knockout a couple of weeks ago that we talked about. Uh, uh, Elvis. Elvis Rodriguez. Yep. Elvis Rodriguez, he got released after he lost to Kenneth Sims Jr. Yep. And he, now he's looking sensational in his PBC debut from uh, a couple of weeks ago, so... Yeah, so there's a lot of good fights on this. Uh, uh, a couple of good fights on the overall car main event, and also Isaac Dampe versus Christopher Diaz. Diaz showed so much heart in the loss to Emmanuel Navarrete. He took back such in April. a beating in that fight. Will he ever be the same? And but you a- could say you could say the same thing about Dog, but uh, Dog because he took incredible punishment in both fights versus Navarrete. And he also didn't have an easy fight against Adam Lopez either. But the uh, problem with yeah. the problem here is um, Dog Vegas is such an undersized featherweight. Like body wise, stature wise, he's not exactly a tall featherweight or a big featherweight. Right, right. So you got a guy who's coming off a of beaten uh, against Navarrete, and you got another guy who in Navarrete, and uh, not Navarrete, in um, Isaac Dogbe, who's coming in perhaps a little 
you know, a little too far out of his element at featherweight, but he kept keeps insisting that he wants the title shot at 126 pounds. And who knows? Maybe he'll get that with a win over Christopher Diaz. So a lot of title implications. I'm going to predict a war. And, uh, man, Diaz has a lot of heart. It's hard to stop Diaz. Uh, I'm going to go. But how much is his body going to All right. I'm going to go after. Isaac by eighth or ninth round stoppage. Because I think he's the fresher of the two fighters going into this fight. I'm saying Dog Bay by majority decision. Yeah, okay. I can see that too. I could definitely see that. I can see a draw also because they're going to beat the stuffing out of each other. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, you guys want to see no defense whatsoever? Watch this fight. (laughs) All right, Robert. I think we covered a ton of ground on this episode. Is there anything else? Ah, let's let's get to the ending. All right, Robert, where can the good people find your work on Twitter, uh, on Fight Game Media, and also read, uh, find you on Twitter? Twitter, my handle is Robert Silva 5768 uh, Mostly talk boxing and old school music, whether it's hip-hop and soul music. That's what I basically talk about on Twitter. Uh, all my articles are on the parent website of this podcast fightgamemedia.com right now i'm doing the 45 greatest fighters of the last 45 years uh last week my number 28 julio cesar chavez came out this week my number 27 the greatest japanese fighter of all time the monster nayoa inoue will be released can also find me on twitter at carlos toro media and read my work at fightgamemedia.com and with that he's robert silva i'm carlos toro That is it for this episode of Pound for Pound. Thank you, everyone, who tune in every single week. We'll see you in the next one here on the Fight Game Media Network. And for Pound for Pound, we'll see you in the next one. Have a great weekend, everyone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.